morning, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Strategic Dialogues. Germany's Africa policy over the years has evolved in line with shifting priorities and changing dynamics on the ground. Africa has evolved as the meeting place of several megatrends that cut across geopolitical, economic, demographic, and technological spheres. For instance, by 2050, Africans will make up at least one quarter of the global population. The majority of Africa's growing populations are youth, which has significant implications for the continent's economic growth in terms of labor force and productivity. Other key indicators pertinent to Africa's improved prospects include the world's fastest rate of urbanization, an expanding consumer base for global market of goods and services, and the fastest growing middle class in the world. Against this evolving context, Germany's foreign policy has embraced change in order to ensure fit and relevance of its partnerships with African countries. Most recently, in January 2023, the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, known by its acronym BMZ, presented its new Africa strategy with the overarching aim of engaging with Africa in pursuing global structural policy. This revitalized policy approach will not only draw on previous policies such as the federal government's Africa policy guidelines and the BMZ on Vision 2030, but would also be informed by the dawning of the new era of Satan Fender, which marked turning point for Germany's foreign policy. To give us a deeper insight into this pivotal themes of German foreign policy in transition, we are joined by Ambassador Andreas Paschke, the ambassador of the Federal Republic of Germany to South Africa. Ambassador Paschke, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, um, just a quick introduction. Uh, Ambassador Andreas Peschke has had a distinguished career with the German Foreign Service, spanning nearly three decades. This has included roles such as the ambassador to the Republic of Kenya. He's, he was the special envoy for Eastern Europe, the Caucasus and Central Asia, director general for European Affairs at the Federal Foreign Office, among other roles. So in getting right to the conversation, I think the first the first uh, starting point is uh, maybe Ambassador, if you could give us uh, just a, a bit of a highlight on what um, the key priorities of the BMZ's new Africa strategy um, are, um, and and in that regard, do you think that it's it, it has a, a couple of similarities or differences to to the BMZ's previous strategy? Well, thank you, uh, first of all, for uh, for giving us uh, this opportunity to chat. And um, indeed, uh, these are very uh, challenging times for all of us. Um, and uh, the new strategy uh, by our Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development um, is designed uh, to give an answer from our perspective uh, to these challenges. Um, and the main focus... Um, in, in our view, uh, is, uh, is, of course, uh, the concept of partnership. So we um, uh, are striving for a partnership uh, with uh, the countries and states of Africa. I mean, we had a lot of cooperation in the past, um, but uh, uh, we want to continue um, uh, the cooperation in the spirit uh, of a uh, deepened partnership orienting or focusing on our uh, joint future priorities. I mean, the world is changing. 
Um, and, uh, and I think we have uh, quite a number of priorities which we cannot tackle uh, as European states or as African states on our own. If you think of climate change, the necessity of making an energy transition, um, the necessity to fight uh, global poverty, uh, the necessity to, co to, to, to cope with environmental challenges. So all these are things uh, which we have to tackle uh, together. And uh, we can only be successful um, if we tackle these challenges uh, together in the spirit of partnership on an equal footing. Um, 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 that is uh, by really exchanging ideas, by, 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 by bringing um, ideas uh, from Europe to Africa, from Africa to Europe, uh, and by forging a joint way forward. So that is the basic principle of the new um, new strategy of uh, DPMZ. Otherwise, I think, of course, uh, it is important to look at the individual priorities um, uh, which we are seeking to define together with our African partners. And there, of course, the issue of... Uh, of uh, fighting climate change uh, is, is certainly one of the uh, very important priorities I would like to mention. I mean, climate change is affecting all of us, but uh, it is affecting uh, uh, the African continent uh, and African states uh, in a particularly urgent manner. Um, if you look at the region of Southern Africa, I think the, uh, the average rise of temperature um, may be a degree higher than the global average. Uh, and already now we are seeing extreme weather events like floods, uh, like, uh, like droughts, uh, on the other hand side, affecting uh, uh, the areas very badly. So there's a strong necessity to, to, tackle, uh, to tackle the issues of climate change. And of course, I mean, Africa being the continent, uh, uh, the lowest emitter, of, uh, of uh, obnoxious uh, 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 gases and, 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 and substances into the atmosphere. Um, I think uh, we are dependent on global cooperation. We have to make a contribution in Europe. Uh, we have to make a contribution in America, in Asia, China, all of us. Uh, and I think that is an, an, an area where, 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 where cooperation is much needed also to mitigate the effects uh, of climate change. So um, that is uh, one of the most important priorities we have. And in, 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 in quite a number of countries, we try to translate it uh, into um, an agenda of, uh, of energy transition. Again, this is reflecting um, uh, what what we are trying to do in our own country. Uh, but I think by comparing notes uh, with uh, countries like South Africa, by working together on similar challenges like uh, uh, trans transiting from a coal economy to an environment-friendly economy, um, I think we can, can more easier, easier find, forge a common, common way forward. Thank you very much for that um, very detailed, um, I'd say, summary, uh, Ambassador, because you've, you've touched on something that I think takes me to the next um, sort of line of inquiry. And it's interesting because you raised the issue of climate change, this notion of the, the, the energy transition, 
And um, why I was asking about the differences and the similarities is because we know over the years, there've been various plans from the, the CDU and the CSU, for instance, and the SPD um, in sort of integrating a lot and improving um, the, the Africa concept documents of the federal government. Um, we even saw the, the the adoption of the compact with Africa in 2017 when Germany was uh, president of the G20, um, which sort of pushed this idea of um, enhancing uh, the private investment landscape in Africa, um, including it, it, its its infrastructure. And I think those are just some of the things I think that have have in a way fed into um, the the document that was launched last uh, last month. And you did mention the question of, of climate change being a key issue. And this this raises another um, question for me. Um, is this perhaps an imprint um, of the Green Party uh, as a member of the governing coalition? For instance, when you look at the document, it, it, it uh, touches on issues such as new alliances, um, such as the bilateral climate, development partnerships, uh, just energy transition partnerships. Um, and also, like you mentioned, another highlight is um, the, the closer linkages with ongoing African policy initiatives. So, for instance, with the operationalization of the African continental free, free trade area. Um, lastly, for me, also a key takeaway was the notion of um, advancing technical and vocational education and training in part in cooperation with the German, German industries. And um, another pivotal point um, when you look at the document in its entirety was the focus on a feminist development policy as the guiding principle for the entire spectrum of German development cooperation. So my question would be, is this a niche aspect to Germany's overall foreign policy? Um, the question of, of not only the feminist development policy, but uh, primarily also um, the, the the sort of leveraging um, the question of the just energy transition. So maybe your thoughts on that. Hmm. Well, first of all, um, I think uh, you're right in in, in mentioning that uh, when it when you look at the history, uh, the Green Party uh, was one of the first political uh, movements in Germany to draw uh, attention to the issue of of climate change and of uh, uh, making a transition towards a more sustainable and uh, ecological economy. That is true. But uh, on the other hand side, I think um, uh, with uh, the, the, the issue of climate change taking uh, really a global priority, um, I think if you look at the political spectrum in Germany right now, uh, you would find uh, the issue of tackling climate change uh, 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 in the forefront of most of the uh, programs of the political parties, certainly uh, of all those who are presently in, in, in government uh, in Germany. So it's an overall joint priority by the uh, of the federal government, also amply reflected in the coalition treaty between the three parties that form the government right now, that is the Greens, the Social Democrats and the Liberal Party. So it is very prominent. Uh, it features very prominently in the in the in the coalition agreement, and uh, so it's an overall priority. And and as you would not notice that um, the current minister of uh, development cooperation um, and and economic development actually hails uh, from the Social Democratic Party, but she's also pushing forward uh, these issues uh, in terms of development uh, very strongly. So. Um, it is a joint priority, and um, 
No, it's not a niche at all. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's really one of the most important priorities, also in connection uh, with uh, our economic and development priorities vis-à-vis the African continent. Uh, Africa is our, uh, from seen from a European perspective, is our neighboring continent. Um, its global importance is on the rise, as you have mentioned. Uh, uh, the, the the share of uh, of of, uh, of the Africa's share in in terms of uh, world population is rising, um, and uh, certainly um, uh, this is, uh, is 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 a continent with a lot of future potential, um, with which uh, we aim at a, at a close partnership. Um, so I think in the area of of of, of German foreign policy, post Africa policy. Uh, is is one of the important uh, uh, one of the important topics, and again, this is amply reflected also in the coalition uh, in the coalition agreement. When it comes to feminist uh, uh, development policy, um, I think again uh, uh, this uh, has been proposed uh, by a social democratic minister, but. It is also reflected uh, in uh, in the guidelines we are currently uh, uh, publishing, also from Foreign Affairs, which is led by a Green Minister, on fem- feminist foreign policy. So we took a leave uh, from other countries like uh, Canada, Mexico, and others um, uh, in, in in formulating uh, 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 an approach of a feminist foreign and development policy. Again, as a cross-cutting approach uh, uh, to make uh, gender equity uh, um, uh, and, and, and gender equality one of the important issues also in our foreign and development policy. So um, uh, it is a it is an important priority for for our government, and actually we we hope to partner uh, uh, also with. Uh, governments all over the world, uh, also African governments on this issue. We have noticed that, uh, and we know that South Africa um, is a very strong protagonist of the um, the Women, uh, Peace and Security, uh, the WPS agenda in the United Nations. Uh, there we have partnered for a long time uh, between Germany and South Africa, um, uh, uh, jointly uh, moving forward uh, initiatives uh, and, and, and various resolutions uh, in the framework of this agenda. So, and uh, I think this feminist approach uh, we have chosen in terms of development foreign policy fits very well uh, with the WPS agenda in the United Nations. So we hope uh, we can uh, deepen our partnership uh, with countries on the African continent and also with South Africa. Uh, thank you very much, um, Ambassador. I think a related question to to my previous one is: um, we all know that for um, particular foreign policy to be effective, we need um, the aspect of cohesion. So I think it, it goes without saying that the next logical question for me would be: how coherent is uh, Germany's Africa policy in relation to coordination across the various? Um, relevant ministries, drawing on, of, of course, on what you've mentioned as the, the federal government um, uh, policy uh, guidelines for, for Africa. So speak uh, speak to us a little bit about the, the coherence and the cohesion of, of um, the broader Africa policy across across departments. 
Well, yes, please. As an ambassador, I would say uh, uh, our uh, our policy vis-a-vis -vis Africa is totally coherent. <laughs> but uh, as but as you know, uh, uh, as in every uh, political setup, of course uh, there are issues of coordination. Um, uh, from the German side, uh, like uh, like like also in in in, in other countries, we have uh, quite a number of actors. Who are active in the area of foreign and development policy, also African policy. We have the Chancellor's Office, we have the Ministry for Development and Economic Cooperation, we have the Foreign Affairs. But increasingly, um, in, 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 in our uh, um, engagement vis-a-vis -vis Africa, we have a number of other ministries and institutions uh, taking part um, in implementing uh, uh, our policy, like the Ministry of Environment, the Ministry of Agriculture, the Ministry of, uh, of Climate Change and uh, the Economy. So there's a, actually a variety of different actors, which is good, but uh, which uh, makes it, uh, of course, very necessary, as you have mentioned, to, to have a eff effective coordination. Um, Sometimes uh, uh, we succeed uh, in this very well. Sometimes uh, uh, we have issues that need to be uh, need to be clarified. Um, um, I think uh, now we have the, the the strategy by the Ministry of Economic uh, Cooperation and Development. Of course, it was agreed uh, inside inside the government. Uh, so all the ministries are basically on board. Um, but uh, of course, we need and we have a strategy also by foreign affairs, which is also probably going to be renovated as well. So we have to make sure that all these different approaches uh, harmonize uh, with each other. Um, and uh, well, this is uh, actually an ongoing, like in every political system, it's an ongoing task um, to to ensure uh, um, this uh, this coherence to make our our policy implementation as effective um, as effective as possible. So that's an important point um, um, uh, you are raising. But but we are trying, I would say, to 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 to, to, to come across um, as a, as a, as a coherent player, but also with all the different. Um, uh, layers uh, of our engagement, be it in the area of the economy, be in the area of agriculture, be it in the area of climate change, climate uh, fighting climate change, and so on and so forth. Um, because I think in this, I would say, um, a wide range and diversity uh, uh, is, is also a big richness uh, of our mutual cooperation because we are not focusing only on uh, uh, single individual areas, but really on a wide uh, range and a wide approach uh, of, of different areas. Uh, thank you, Ambassador. Uh, you, you certainly did uh, try and paint a, a clearer picture of the interministerial approach that I think comes out as a, a key theme um, in, in, in most of the uh, um, Germany's uh, foreign policy initiatives, and certainly with, with relevance to its Africa policy, um, we see that interministerial approach carrying um, forward. But I think also interestingly is the question of how um, Germany's Africa policy also seeks to dovetail um, EU policies initiatives. You know, when um, when you look at reference to, for instance, the Team Europe approach. The, the bigger question of joint programming, um, pursuing initiatives such as the recently launched Global Gateway 
um, Africa-Europe um, investment package. Um, I think this, this for me is interesting because it shows how um, there is a bit of a balancing game that um, Germany's foreign policy enterprise needs to um, sort of sharpen um, um, going forward. I think now um, we need to turn to um, a, a different set of issues. Um, I think we should turn now to the fluid um, global context that has no doubt uh, influenced the trajectory of Germany's foreign policy in recent years. So we know that we know that the current political context, the renewed ge geopolitical competition, the ripple effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, and most strikingly, the Russia-Ukraine war has ushered in a dramatic shift in Germany's foreign and security policy. In February 2022, three days after Russia commenced its special military operation in Ukraine, Chancellor Olaf Scholz gave a speech underscoring the Zeitenwende, which marked a pivotal turning point in Germany's foreign policy. So arguably this was driven uh, by the need for a more strident approach to not only the issue of European security, but also the need for assertion in Germany's role in international politics and its perceived leadership in the European Union. My question for you, Ambassador, is can Germany be more assertive in foreign affairs while still upholding the values that it holds dear, especially amid public debates in Germany about restraint in international engagement, um, the traditional pacifist posture that Germany has long held? Are we going to see more long-term strategic thinking when it comes to German foreign policy? Well, as our foreign minister uh, said um, I think uh, 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 around that time last year, uh, when we woke up on the 24th uh, of February 2022, uh, uh, we woke up to a different world in Europe. Um, and certainly um, with this uh, Russian aggression uh, against uh, neighboring Ukraine, uh, which is unprovoked uh, and um, uh, unjustified and in the blatant violation of, of international law and norms um, of the United Nations uh, Charter. Um, I think uh, things have changed uh, quite a lot uh, in Europe. Of course, we know um, that is, this is not uh, the first uh, uh, or even maybe even not the worst conflict uh, we face worldwide at the current moment. Um, we are faced with a number of crises, but um, from a European perspective, certainly uh, this is a very important uh, change um, of, 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 of how we approach uh, security policy. And, um, you know, for Germany, which um, had a long tradition of very close relations with Ukraine, uh, but also uh, uh, intensive economic relations uh, with Russia, um, I think, uh, uh, including energy relations, uh, um, this uh, brought a very important rethinking of our foreign policy posture on the European continent. And, um, you know, our conclusion uh, uh, was that we need to face uh, this challenge uh, um, um, and, and really live up, uh, live up to it. Uh, not alone, but uh, in close conjunction and agreement uh, with our partners in the European Union and in our uh, in our military alliance, which is NATO. 
Um, so we are really trying to act uh, together uh, with our uh, partners and allies uh, uh, in, in, in Middle, uh, Central and Eastern Europe, like Poland, Czech Republic and others, uh, but also across the Atlantic, uh, like uh, the United States, uh, closer to home, uh, United Kingdom, France. So what we thought we needed a joint effort, but of course, Germany as uh, the largest member of the European Union and uh, 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 one of the larger members also of NATO uh, certainly carries a special responsibility. So, um, you know, that was the gist of the speech, famous speech by Chancellor Scholz about the Zeitenwende. Um, that we need to uh, face uh, these new realities around us, that we need to uh, reinvest uh, into, into security, mm, which uh, in the years before, uh, you know, uh, uh, had been an area where people maybe felt some kind of peace dividend after the fall of the wall in, in the heart of Europe, after... Um, the end of the Cold War, I think everywhere investments in the security were, 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 were decreased, including in Germany. But uh, given with the new realities on the ground, I think we have to reinvest into security and uh, together with our partners. And that's what we did. A clear commitment to support Ukraine, uh, to defend itself um, against the aggression, uh, a clear um, uh, clear engagement uh, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to come to an end of this war, um, to stand up vis-a-vis uh, -vis Russia, not to continue uh, its, uh, its invasion of Ukraine, um, and also um, uh, facing the problems and, and tackling the problems that are caused by this war worldwide. Uh, I mean, of course, we have uh, the terrible consequences of the aggression in Ukraine itself, but uh, we have uh, issues like the global energy crisis, uh, like the uh, global food crisis caused uh, uh, by this uh, aggression and the war um, that are being felt in Africa as well. So uh, I think we uh, very early including in the speech by the Chancellor and then by concrete activities within the G7, G20, uh, try to take up these challenges as well to mitigate uh, the worldwide consequences uh, of this war in Europe as well. Um, just, I just want to piggyback on your comment about the perceptions of Germany, um, not only as a leader in Europe uh, by virtue of its economic heft, but also, as you mentioned, its pivotal role within the AU and as a NATO member. And it's interesting because um, in the aftermath of uh, the Satan Vendor speech, we, we've seen that there's been an increased um, scrutiny um, on Germany's new role, um, this idea of a new strategic culture. Um, and also we know that there's a national security strategy that is in the works. Uh, the, the Satan Vendor speech also fueled public debate about Germany's foreign policy principles, the question about Germany's identity on the world stage and the balancing um, of interests and values. And I think that's interesting because it's tied also um, at another level to the question of coalitional politics. Um, and why I bring up the issue of coalitional politics is because we saw that the war in Ukraine as a game changer it didn't just demand that the 
the SPD re-examine um, the ties to Russia, as you as you mentioned. Um, it's also the Greens who've um, arguably become more hawkish um, over the months. Um, they've, they've also had to compromise on some of their, their dearest principles um, in reference to, for instance, nuclear energy. But there is another dimension here that's interesting, Ambassador. It's the question of, um, we touched on interests, um, which is a key aspect of foreign policy. Um, and also the question of uh, the, the domestic, international, um, the two-level game in foreign policy. So there have been public polls done over um, over the past year in Germany um, that have uh, pointed to, for instance, a growing warfare take uh, among the German public. There's been heated debates on the debt break um, and also the question about extending the operational life of nuclear, nuclear plants is something that has fueled debates in the public sphere in Germany. On the question of interests, um, this maybe speak to us about how you think Germany is in, is going to balance its own national interests with divergent European interests. So, for example, on issues such as the economic ties with China and Russia, and even on the the thorny issue of the transatlantic partnership, um, how does this um, tie in with what we've mentioned, Germany's policy shifts um, in its strategic culture? <laughs> well, uh, fundamentally, I would say that um, um, that there's a strong mutual um, mutual uh, uh, German and uh, European interest, uh, and that uh, of course they are not in all details uh, totally equal, but uh, there's a big uh, similarity between what we would consider a European interest and the, and the, and the German interest. Um, certainly, uh, it is very much in the uh, in the German interest, um, also as a lesson from our uh, from our own fatal history, um, uh, to be embedded uh, in, in 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 a European community and in a transatlantic community. In fact, in a, in an international community uh, ruled by uh, governed by rules uh, and laws. Um, because if, if 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 we have drawn one lesson from our past, then this that uh, we need to have interna- strong international norms and rules, uh, and that we need to act in Germany not against uh, our European neighbors, but in close conjunction and partnership with them. So probably uh, this is the first time in our history uh, where we have a feeling that we are really. Uh, surrounded by friends uh, with whom we share uh, very close and cordial relations. And that is actually one of the big achievements of the European Union for us. Um, so when we talk about a Zeitenwende in Germany, uh, about of change, of uh, uh, strategic change, I think we would also uh, probably talk about... Uh, 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 a change uh, uh, for for EU policy um, and and also NATO. I think uh, all of us, uh, uh, not only Germany but our neighbors as well, the European Union and NATO, have to face this new reality on the European continent uh, with a war uh, uh, being started by Russia in blatant violation of international norms. As a really new and 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 and, and, and very unwelcome welcome and, and terrible development on the European continent, which we have to face, and which necessitates also a change in in our joint uh, in our joint policies. So as you as you will have seen, we have stepped up 
uh, our European support uh, to Ukraine significantly. Um, we have, uh, uh, I think by now, uh, passed 10 packages of measures uh, uh, to limit uh, Russia's capacity uh, to, to lead this war of aggression. Um, and of course, uh, uh, we are not talking only, uh, only inside Germany about reinvesting in, in defense and security. We are also talking about reinvesting in defense and security and to support Ukraine inside NATO. So I would say what we are uh, having as a debate inside Germany is very much a debate we, we are having also in, our, uh, in the European Union and in our uh, defense alliance. Um, and of course... There are also, you know, some inside uh, the Union, there are also some debates, uh, you know, led by our uh, Central and Eastern European neighbors like, like Poland and the Czech Republic, who tell us, ah, we've always told you so, uh, that uh, you, you must not trust the Russians. Um, they are playing around with you, uh, taking you for fools, uh, and, and, and they have... Uh, they still have uh, uh, aggressive ambitions uh, like they had uh, in the epoch of Stalin or the Tsar. Um, uh, our experience uh, uh, also going back to the times of the Cold War uh, was, uh, was a different experience, also laying a strong focus on, 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 on seeking avenues to cooperate. Um, and, and there we have to be honest uh, also in the Union uh, that uh, in some aspects uh, our Central and Eastern European partners have been right. Um, uh, and that uh, now is the time really to face up um, to this uh, aggressive policy uh, uh, by Russia and, and to put a, put a stop to it. Uh, because otherwise it will be very difficult to ensure peace and stability uh, uh, on the European continent in a strategic manner. So uh, to sum it up, um, what we have as a debate inside Germany, uh, and which is a difficult debate because uh, also as an open society, uh, we, have, uh, we have people with different approaches. Um, so what we has a, have as a debate in, in Germany, I think we also have it uh, as a debate in Europe uh, and uh, around the world, uh, in NATO, in the United Nations. Uh, how do we react uh, to these uh, changing times uh, and, and how, do, how do we put a stop uh, to, to Russia's uh, aggressive posturing? Interesting that you highlight the question about um, public debate and, and public opinion. And while I agree with you about how this look outward has suddenly shifted thinking from Berlin's perspective, um, I, I would argue, and you can correct me here, that there's also something to be said about the role of public opinion, um, the so-called domestic constituents of foreign policy. So we've seen, for instance, there hasn't always been an alignment with the, between German uh, businesses uh, with some of the policy that the, the, the Schultz administration has had and with the pronouncements that it's had on China, for instance. But also, um, interestingly, um, you said Germans over the, the months have been willing to um, sort of take on a different view in terms of um, um, relaxing the question of restraint in addition for allowing for you know growing and, and growing investment in defense, um, for instance. So there's a, this understanding that uh, 
in terms of um, conventional security threats, there's a need for, for a more comprehensive approach to, to security. That's something that I think the German public has um, demonstrated. But also the other side of, the, of this is that the, we've also seen pro protests. Um, we've seen protests that have been linked to the cost of living pressures as a result of the economic fallout from the war in Ukraine. But we've also seen on, um, protests in terms of this um, anti-war rage, um, just from, from some, some quarters of the German public also um, urging um, for restraint in terms of Germany's role um, in, in the sense that um, the, the support for for Ukraine shouldn't come at the expense, for instance, of domestic um, exigencies. And this, I think, ties into the, the question. So we've alluded a bit to the coalitional arrangement. We know that the current government in Germany is made up of a coalition of the Social Democrats, the SPE, the Greens, the Liberal um, FDP, the Free Democrats. And um, in this regard, um, speaking to coalition politics, what has been the imprint um, of the various coalition partners on Germany's foreign policy in the post-Merkel period? And related to this, um, Ambassador, what, is, what do you see as the future direction of Germany's future policy, not only in response to the Satan vendor, but also as a result of policy change um, affected by the coalitional government? Um, speak to us a little bit about that the trajectory going forward. It's an interesting question uh, because um, I think when the present coalition uh, uh, took power um, at the end of uh, 2021, um, there was the assumption that at least in the area of foreign policy, there would be a lot of continuity as there has been a lot of continuity over changing governments uh, in, in the area of foreign policy uh, for a long time in Germany. Basically, people would say uh, since the end of the Second World War. Um, um, so that, uh, you know, there have been some, uh, some, some really, uh, uh, some tenets uh, of our foreign policy posture that have been constant uh, over all this time, like our commitment uh, to uh, the Defense Alliance, uh, which is NATO, our commitment to European integration, uh, our commitment to a multilateral system uh, uh, based on, 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 on effective and strong rules and norms in the United Nations and uh, our commitment to partnership um, with uh, uh, other countries and, and continents, uh, also in Africa. Um, so, um, of course, some of this has been challenged or put to a test, to, to put it, not challenged, put to a test, um, uh, on the 24th of February 2022, um, when Russia started uh, its invasion of Ukraine. Um, uh, because, you know, uh, uh, the commitment, uh, everything, uh, starting from the commitment to strong international rules and the Charter of the United Nations, uh, was put into question by, these, uh, by, this, uh, by this aggression. And... Um, of course, in times of, of uh, times like this, uh, uh, also possible fault lines in a coalition uh, government, um, uh, because you know the partners come from 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 the entire political spectrum. Uh, we have the Greens, the Social Democrats, the Liberals, um, uh, and, and 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 they kind of had. In a way, of course, also struggled to find a common response uh, to this. Uh, 
increased European and, and global challenges. Um, and as you have said before, um, for some, like for the Green Party, which uh, historically has a very uh, strong attachment to, uh, to a pacifist approach to foreign policy, I think it, it became necessary also to question some of these uh, historical approaches uh, in order to allow uh, uh, for the necessary reinvestment into, 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 into security. Uh, for others, uh, like the Social Democrats, uh, who historically put a strong focus on economic partnership with Russia, it also became necessary to rethink um, uh, 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 this, uh, uh, this approach uh, based on the principle of uh, um, uh, uh, change uh, by trade. Handel durch Wandel, uh, Wandel durch Handel, um, and 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 so I think all of the all all of the different forces in the coalition had to had to question themselves to come up with a joint approach. And if you look at what the specific contribution of individual partners uh, to the current foreign policy posture in, in Germany is, I would say that um, you know. The most significant, uh, the most significant uh, feature um, would be giving the enormity of the uh, regional and global challenges that um, uh, these partners ha have have found a joint way forward, uh, both uh, in the area of uh, security policy, but also in the area. Um, of, of modernizing uh, our foreign policy posture, for instance, by introducing a feminist uh, foreign and development policy. So that is, um, if, I, if I look back at the last one and a half years, uh, the, the, probably the most prominent feature I would like to, I would like to mention. Um, and coming back to the issue of public debates uh, that you have mentioned, I mean, they are serious in Germany. Um, uh, uh, because I think the, 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 the war uh, in our European neighborhood, um, the question of uh, ensuring uh, an adequate energy supply uh, inside the country, uh, of the question of how to make a transition towards a more sustainable energy production in a situation uh, when uh, energy resources uh, from Russia have come to zero, I mean, this ha has caused a lot of tension inside Germany as well. Um, and, and, and there are people, uh, you know, who, 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 who question uh, 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 the, the government's approach uh, to the challenges. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a necessary debate to be had uh, in, in an open society. Uh, because I think uh, uh, to, to have government policy not being challenged by the public, uh, by public opinion, I think this is uh, uh, this is a feature and, uh, of, of autocracies, and 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 we do not want to be an autocracy. We want to be a democracy, um, and therefore I think uh, these intensive debates we are having. Uh, there certainly is uh, to be expected, and I think we need to convince uh, our public. We need to convince our business that uh, that uh, the, 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 the policy we are trying to to, to press forward with government uh, is the right way to go. Um, and, and by convincing, I think also improving uh, some of the the specificities of our policy outlook.
I agree with you, um, the ambassador, about just the, the the centrality of the primacy of engaging in this um, public debates, heated as they may be, um, and 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 these are these are key issues. Um, for instance, uh, it remains to be seen whether political backing for the massive increase in defense spending might erode over time. Um, of course, depending on the developments in Ukraine. Um, and on the question of domestic political manoeuvring um, amid what we've said, uh, the, de the developments on the domestic sphere. And I think for me also something that um, I'll be keeping an eye on is to see um, the other issue of the, the spending of 2% of the GDP on defence, um, whether that particular aspect will carry on um, in light of the, the, this, this um, very real prospect that the special fund might be exhausted and and there still needs a uh, there's still a need to be met in the sense that the German um, army will will still need to meet NATO capability goals um, and source the funds for that from the regular budget. So this means um, that, for instance, the next government would have to substantially raise the regular defense budget, and and like you say, this this can bring it. Um, can bring it into um, on a collision course with issues such as the date break, for instance, and other competing um, policy uh, priorities. So it's it's a very interesting game of balancing and the give give and take that certainly surrounds um, coalitional um, arrangements. In turning to drawing this conversation uh, more or less to a close, um, um, Ambassador, um, I think I just have two more um, pivotal questions for you. So the penultimate question for me would be. In light of this um, shift that we've seen, um, the principles, the values, we've talked about pragmatism um, with regard to balancing values and interests. What would you say are the defining elements of Germany's values-based policy? Um, in other words, what I'm asking is, what sets apart Germany's Africa policy from um, Africa's other strategic partners? Well, I think one of the main features of um, of our Africa policy would be that um, um, uh, we would see it uh, as oriented towards uh, mutual benefit. So um, what we what we really uh, what we really aim at uh, with our Africa policy is that um, it is a policy uh, in the interest uh, at, and, and, and and then a joint policy approach in the interest both of uh, our African partners uh, and of course. Uh, um, of ourselves, so um, we are not uh, seeking uh, just our own advantage uh, uh, um, when we uh, try to forge partnerships uh, with other countries and continents, but uh, we try to uh, move forward uh, to 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 the mutual uh, benefit and advantage. So that's one of the main features, and. Um, so we, we would say uh, by, 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 by working uh, jointly on, on this partnership with our African partners, um, it uh, is, 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 is really an, an, an offer uh, and, and, and an approach to, to, to move forward together. And that may be, um, I mean, I'm not here to judge uh, about the posture of others. Uh, uh, we, we certainly would see us very much in line uh, with the European approach as well. Uh, I mean, if you look at Team Europe initiatives, uh, which you have mentioned, you would notice that in many cases, actually Team Euro uh, Europe initiatives are very close uh, and, and very well harmonized with our bilateral uh, priorities of cooperation, like here in South Africa, 
where Team Europe initiatives are focused on energy transition, green uh, economic uh, uh, economy for South Africa or on skills development. And they are very close to our bilateral priorities of cooperation. But if you look at, uh, you know, um, for instance, uh, what, what Russia is doing on the African continent, um, uh, you know, uh, delivering arms, <laughs> Uh, sending uh, sending uh, armed outfits. Uh, um, uh, um, so I would say that that our cooperation is more is broader um, and is 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 more focused on 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 the mutual benefit. So that's what I would like to say uh, in response to your question. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll take your, your answer for it, although um, in pushing back, I think I would um, maybe highlight just some of the more um, mounting pressure that we've seen that would certainly call for a deeper realignment of Germany's foreign policy. So it's not only um, the changing global context, um, shift in international po power, the loss of influence of Western positions, uh, weakening of multilateral institutions, for instance. But also um, the question here, and this is pertinent to Africa policy, for instance, and, and what um, what I'd, I've framed as a values-based policy, um, there's a risk in there um, for some that Germany's values-based policy could itself be seen as paternalistic. Um, and, and, and potentially there's a way that um, Germany might remedy this by um, transparently weighing the interests and values, um, including in public discourse, um, and also the, the question as to whether limiting cooperation um, to countries with shared values and interests might um, risk of effectively um, excluding a large number um, of partners. And this, this leads to the other issue of the reform-minded approach that um, Germany has um, taken on in, in, in terms of framing its partnerships and, and development cooperation. Um, and, and whether um, this, this reform partnerships mindset, whether it needs more clarity, um, for instance, how to differentiate between authoritarian and democratic states. And if there are overlaps, um, what an identified reform partner, for instance, uh, might need to do um, in order to not to affect uh, the partnership um, initiatives. So as a last question, um, Ambassador, it would be remiss for me not to ask um, whether for you um, as, a, as, as the, the, the representative of Germany here in South Africa, and, and uh, obviously you can't speak for the entire Africa continent, but for our listeners, most of who um, are certainly um, on the African continent and beyond, what would be any key messages that you'd want to relay um, regarding Germany's Africa policy? Um, and, and this is only not only targeted for decision makers who might, might listen to this um, conversation, but also for Africa's ordinary people who are seeking to make sense um, of the changing landscape. So what would be your key messages for, for, for those um, two stakeholders, uh, Ambassador? <laughs> well, um, well, our first key message would be um, would be a, a message of uh, of partnership and friendship. I mean, that's what we are what we are aiming at um, uh, uh, to uh, on on the African uh, continent. Um, you have mentioned uh, um, uh, paternalistic approaches. That is something we certainly would like to avoid. 
So um, we wanna we wanna deal with uh, uh, with African states, countries, governments, but also most of all with the African people uh, uh, and with the people in Africa uh, on an equal footing um, in the spirit of, of French partnership. So that's number one. The number two is that we would uh, certainly uh, very much in, encourage. Uh, the uh, development uh, uh, of uh, Africa's own potential, um, the, 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 the Africa of uh, the potential of its creative population and particularly the youth. So um, uh, that would be another minute, uh, message uh, to really uh, uh, develop uh, uh, the, 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 the potential um, of uh, uh, Africa's populations, namely the youth. Uh, particularly in the area of skills development um, and uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, um, and education, and the third 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 thing I would like to mention is um, that uh, you know we are not here only to to have a partnership uh, in the economic sense uh, to to have a business partnerships, but that we are aiming at a broad partnerships between our societies. So we want to bring together, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the wide range of our societies, uh, people from all walks of life um, to, to really foster a, a culture uh, of exchange uh, between our societies. So not only uh, in, in the area of the economy, but also in the area of uh, academia, in the area of culture. Uh, in the area of political and societal debates. So that's uh, what I would call maybe a, a strong civil society relationship uh, between our countries and continents. Um, so that would be my third message. Thank you very much, um, um, Ambassador. I think you've um, done an excellent job of taking us through um, um, the monumental period that um, Germany's foreign policy is going through, not only in terms of transitioning, but also in navigating some of the more, um, I'd say, weighty issues, issues to do with strategic direction, with orientation, and, and with the balancing of values um, and interests. So we thank you for your time. I'd also want to um, encourage the listeners to um, share, um, like, and leave a review wherever they listen to um, our podcast. We thank you for the support and we look forward to um, having you tune, tune in on our next conversation on the strategic dialogues. Thank you. Thank you very much. Gia Bonga. Gia Bonga, Ambassador.